Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for coming Beyond the Bandwagon with us. I'm Kyla and with me today and every podcasting day is my co-host Elias. Hey, we're back. Today we have a lot to cover with what's happening around the league, season predictions, and some sleepers and busts that we kind of have our eyes on for our draft that's coming up next week. With that said, we'll just jump right in. Uh, yeah, the insane news from the Colts, Andrew Luck has retired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and not only did he do that, but then the uh, reaction from across the NFL world, from across the country, uh, just the wide range. Yeah, that was definitely the news heard around the world this week. It was pretty, pretty amazing. And if you look at Luck, uh, his, his injury history, if you go back 2015, sprained shoulder, um, he finally came back from that, and then he suffered a, a lacerated kidney, um, a partially torn abdominal muscle, um, 2016 torn cartilage in his ribs and a concussion, and mm-hmm. then 2017 he missed the whole season uh, for surgery for a damaged labrum. Yeah. Uh, and now a calf strain this season. would seem like he's been through enough. Yeah, yeah. And... I felt kind of bad because we kind of talked a minor amount of shit about Andrew Luck being made of glass last week, but it seems like he agrees, and I don't necessarily blame him. I feel like the Colts fans booing him off the field was an emotional reaction, obviously, yeah, for sure. but still, it's like, I get it. The The constant process of rehabbing, being injured coming back from it and the hope of like being able to play again and then just getting hurt all over again, that can take a huge toll on you mentally. Yeah. And there's a lot of things the the factor into it, uh, uh, probably aside from from like, like the injury news as well. Um, there was an interview that came out on ESPN in, in recent months where he, he basically said that if he hadn't gotten injured, he might've got a divorce because he was able to spend more time, you know, at home, and that actually saved his marriage. Wow. So he, you know, pours his life into football and pretty much everything away from football suffered. Um, and if you look at, you know, what is truly important in life, mm-hmm. he's probably making the right call. And when you look at yeah. it too, um, it would seem like, you know, some people are saying that he's a, a, a great what if, you mm-hmm. know, if he would keep playing, how many Super Bowls would he win? you know, all his touchdown throws, his stats. And even with the injuries, he had a great career. Yeah, he did. Uh, a four-time Pro Bowler. He threw the most touchdowns in the NFL in 2014. Um, as, a, as a rookie, he had the most game-winning drives ever. He had seven. Um, in the playoffs, he went four and four. Uh, one AFC championship game. Uh, he had a great career, yeah, and did. now he has all the money he could ever dream of, mm-hmm. and he still has a degree from Stanford. Exactly. Yeah, no, I don't blame him one bit. I think Doug Gottlieb was uh, quite an asshole for <laughs> saying that was the most millennial thing ever, and um, was it Michael Irvin who really ripped him apart for that? Uh, Troy Aikman, Troy for sure. Aikman, Troy Aikman, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the exact tweet that we're talking about uh, – Retiring cause rehabbing is too hard, too hard in quotes, is the most millennial thing ever, hashtag Andrew Luck. Um, and then on his radio show, Gottlieb tried to play that off, saying that he was joking, being sarcastic. Uh-huh. Um, 
I have to say, I don't know if he's being sarcastic. Yeah. I don't listen to Doug Gottlieb. I don't either. Couldn't tell you. Um, and I don't know his injury history when he played basketball, but I'm sure it did not entail what Andrew Luck has been through. Right. He's been through a lot, for sure. Um, pretty incredible, just the reaction. Then a lot of people more our age, you know, the 20-somethings, 30-somethings, they were all on Andrew Luck's side. Mm-hmm. And it says a lot, I think, about the way society is is changing you know people our age are happy that he's getting out Mm -hmm. and we say getting out meaning that basically means you know that the nfl is something you have to survive yeah yeah yet we're still here doing a fantasy podcast you know we (laughs) we're we love football and that's why we're doing this right just like everyone else in the country we can't get enough of football yet you know we're all happy for him for Mm -hmm. not doing it yeah and it mm-hmm. just, it says a lot, you know, even Gottlieb's uh, tweet, I think it, it speaks to the, the nature of what we think about toughness and masculinity mm-hmm. and that people are basically down on him for making what is most likely the best decision he's ever made in his life. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, so with that news that he has retired now, we've got Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback in Indianapolis now, so... I'm curious to see what you think that does for the fantasy value of the rest of the, the Colts. It doesn't improve it. No, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't make it better. Uh, maybe Mac, the RB, you know, the offensive line is still great. Mm -hmm. So you have to think that he is still an asset. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Jacoby Brissett saying that he's still, you know, the Colts are still playoff bound. They can still do all these things even without <laughs> Andrew Luck. And I seem to remember Jacoby Brissett not being very good. Yeah, I don't know about playoff bound, but I do think that he will be able to move the offense some. I think that um, I wrote some stuff down here about T.Y. Hilton. Um, he did drop in the ESPN rankings from 12 to 20 among wide receivers. But I don't know if it'll be that drastic. Um, when he played with Brissett before, Brissett and Luck had nearly the exact same passer rating when they were targeting T.Y. Hilton. So wow. I still think he's going to get a lot of targets and therefore a lot of production because he is T.Y. Hilton. I mean, Andrew Luck himself said that um, Hilton was the best receiver he'd ever played with. Um, so I I don't think the drop-off there is going to be as drastic. I do think we were already kind of skeptical, skeptical about Eric Ebron. So I think his production is probably not going to be very good. Yeah, I'm glad I picked Ebron <laughs> last week. It, yeah. It's uh, you know they haven't played any games yet, obviously, but it's proving to be. I think you're probably least, right. It looks good on paper. You know what's interesting though in the ESPN rankings, Ebron dropped from 11 to 17 among tight ends, but Jack Doyle went from 17 to 16. I don't know why that is. I don't know. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Maybe maybe Doyle and, and Jacoby are, you know, fantastic friends or something. Maybe. We will see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, I still like Mac, though. And speaking of the Colts offensive line, it's sort of amazing when you draft Andrew Luck, number one overall, all the injuries he had. Like he's a mobile quarterback. That's how he got some of his injuries. Mm-hmm. But you would think it should not have taken them as long as it did to have an adequate offensive line you would think to protect your biggest asset Mm -hmm. you know tom brady tore his acl on a low hit a long time ago but Mm -hmm. aside from that 
has Brady really ever been hurt? Yeah, I mean, right. except for, for cuts and bruises, I, I don't remember anything significant ever. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, speaking of injuries, we have um, a big injury this week, and Lamar Miller tore his ACL on his first appearance in the preseason. Out for the season. Yeah. So now that changes things in Houston, obviously. So there was some talk about um, the Texans signing Melvin Gordon, trading for Melvin Gordon, or signing Jay Ajayi, but that doesn't seem like that's uh, coming through. So it does seem like they're going to go with Duke Johnson as their lead back. And just some facts about him. He's never missed an NFL game in any of his seasons. He's only 25 years old. He is very good at pass catching and never finished a season with less than 47 receptions. But he's only had 299 attempts over four seasons, with the most being in his rookie season in 2015 with 104. With that said, he was a workhorse at the U um, in his last season there. He had 242 carries for 1,652 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he averaged 6.8 yards per carry, which is pretty good. It's very good, and it it does seem like, though, his time in Cleveland, he always shared the backfield, Mm -hmm. and he caught a lot of passes in that. So, you know, if if he can't handle the load on the ground, you would think – that they're going to sign someone else. We have no idea, you know, who would, who that's going to be. Right. But uh, with, with the quarterback that they have, you would think that still he can catch a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with that situation. But, uh, you know, for people who had those early drafts, if mm-hmm. you put a lot of stock in Lamar Miller, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And, yeah, that sucks. You know, I, I had a friend tell me that they had their draft um, last Saturday night. And there was someone in the in the room that drafted Andrew Luck and Lamar Miller. Oh my gosh, that would be <laughs> awful. And Miller got hurt and Luck retired. Oh, they the, should have just redone the whole draft. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for that person too. That is awful. I do think though, with that said, I think Duke Johnson is a good um option for R B two at this point right now, unless they get somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, some more injury news. Uh, there's some updates on Cam Newton. Uh, there's no doubt, at, at least in the mind of Coach Ron Rivera, that Newton will play in week one. He has a left foot sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to draft him at your leisure. Um, some more injury news, A.J. Green. Uh, he had surgery on his ankle in July. That um, They're now saying the best-case scenario for Green is he'll be back week three. Hmm. Uh, it's reported he's still using a knee scooter. And oh. has not been on the field. Wow. I did not yes. even realize that he was injured, to be honest. Like well. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that it's we're not, doing well, this, not, and I know yeah. that now. Well, it's not like the Bengals are really on the the forefront of everyone's mind. Right, exactly. Uh, and we'll talk about season predictions later. The Bengals, for me, 3-13. and 13. So <laughs> there you go. They could have the I number one that, pick in, yeah. in the draft. Uh, yeah, so I, feel free to draft uh, Tyler Boyd over Green uh-huh, at this yeah. point. I agree with that. Uh, somebody else who an injury news this week, Jarek McKinnon apparently had a flare-up of his injured knee. And um, the last I read, it was possible they were going to put him on injured reserve. The 49ers. Yeah. It's tough to tell what's going on there. Is Is Garoppolo the guy we thought he was or the guy who – 
was terrible against the Broncos in the preseason game. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of question marks there. I do believe in Kyle Shanahan, though. Um, I, that brings me to ask you, though. I'm interested. To, what do you think about um, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida? Which one do you favor? I would favor Coleman mm-hmm. just because of his previous history. Yeah, I agree with that. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You know, the when 49ers are one of those teams that it's hard to really know. It's hard to put a pin on mm-hmm. who to target except for Kittle. Yeah. I exactly. mean, Kittle is a star yeah. aside from that. And, uh, you know, I, I like Dante Pettis, especially after last week. I had him in my likes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really tough to tell who they're going to be targeting. Um, it's a, Fairly tough division, too. Like, it's kind of a division of question marks as well, though, with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals could be, you know, they could set the NFL on fire. Or they could not. Or, well, <laughs> or they could not, sure. Yeah, very, very poignant of me. But uh, and, and then with the Rams, Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley still not, I, I mean, the starters for the Rams truly don't play in the preseason at all. Right. But uh, Daryl Henderson, maybe somebody to draft Mm -hmm. late in your draft and stash away just in case Todd Gurley can't play. Yeah, which we might talk more about in a little bit. Uh, Um, And to close out the updates, we've got Melvin Gordon, which no updates really. Oh, yeah. The holdouts. Yeah, no updates on Melvin Gordon. I saw yesterday... So from yesterday and today, my opinion changed. So last week, we talked about this, and I thought Melvin Gordon would go into the season. as He probably wasn't going to play. Yesterday, the Chargers beat writer, Eric Williams, um, reported he included Gordon in his 53-man roster projection, and he reported to expect Gordon to end his holdout in time to be on the week one roster. And then Gordon himself responded to a tweet did you see it? No. No. He, um, somebody tweeted that they were considering drafting Gordon in the sixth round in their fantasy football draft. And Gordon responded to it and said that he was offended. <laughs> so that makes you think that he is kind of expecting to play, right? And then today, the GM, the Chargers GM, said that he had no solution to the problem. So... Really no updates. No solution to the problem. That, yeah. That's what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. As a, you know, if you're a Chargers fan, no solutions. Yeah. Um, so the situation's ongoing, and then Zeke Elliott, the oh, situation's gosh. ongoing. Uh, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this as a <laughs> Cowboys fan, yeah. but uh, this would be an easy way for us to transition into sleepers and busts. Uh, we're both going to have two each. Um and my first one is Zeke. Yeah. And it wasn't until last night mm-hmm. that I was thinking that I would go with Zeke. Um, but then the news came out that Jerry Jones essentially has said that he is expecting Zeke to miss at least the first couple games. Uh, yeah, I would think year. so. This is so frustrating because all the reports make it seem like, oh, they're working on things. Everyone's optimistic. Um, Zeke... From what I understand and what I've read in multiple articles, I don't know which exactly where I read them, but Zeke has to play at some point this year. And it's either six or eight games that he has to play in order to get credit toward free agency. So he's not likely to miss the whole season because 
um, from what I read, it said that if he doesn't play at all this year, they can do what is called tolling his contract, where they can push his contract a year, and he would have to play next year at his salary that he was supposed to get for this year, which I'm sure oh, he wow. would not want to do. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that was even possible. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think he'll miss the whole season. Jerry Jones did say today, actually, that um, this was a marathon and that... Not a sprint, yeah. Yeah. They need to be able to play and win without some of their guys because, you know, people miss games throughout the season for different reasons, injuries, suspension, and whatnot. And that he fully expects to line up against the Giants in week one without Zeke. Well, and we've all heard Jerry Jones talk a million times. And during the interview that you're talking about, uh, I believe he winked more more than once and he, he was smiling and he you know he was definitely i didn't see like, the interview i just uh heard parts of it seemed like he was in a pretty good mood or at least he was acting like he was in a pretty good <laughs> mood um but as for zeke being a bust um it's really it just depends on if you think it's worth it yeah and I, I don't know if it is i honestly i feel personally victimized by Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott right now <laughs> because one this is terrible for fantasy but it's also terrible when you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Like, it's messing with my fantasy and my actual real team that I root for. And it's like, I understand he wants more money. He deserves more than $3.9 million, I guess, by NFL standards a year. But you don't have to hold out. Like, negotiate while you're still showing up for your team. And, you know, Dak and Amari are also in contract negotiations. And they're still showing up for the team. True. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm really frustrated by this whole situation. <laughs> so it just kind of depends now. Uh, do you forget about Zeke and go after Tony Pollard a few rounds later? Yeah. Tony Pollard, uh, all positive things about him coming out of camp in the preseason. He's a rookie from Memphis. Um, essentially, it just comes down to if you think it's worth it, because if Zeke is healthy and he's in and he has his contract – he is a top five guy. Oh, of course, He is yeah. top tier with Saquon. Um, but you can just talk to the people who drafted Le'Veon last season, mm -hmm. and then we're essentially screwed. Yeah, I don't know if I would take him. I definitely wouldn't draft him in the first round at this point. Maybe in the second, but I would definitely handcuff it with Tony Pollard. Um, but with the way it looks, Tony Pollard might go pretty early because – the the Cowboys offensive line is back to, you know, their starters. Travis Frederick is back of this year. Some of them are kind of nursing some injuries, but I think that's just going to be the case with those guys all season. So you could put Tony Pollard behind them. Zach Martin can open up holes for anybody. You know, it doesn't have to be Z. True. Yeah. And when it comes to fantasy drafts, you know, uh, with the people that we're looking at in our draft, mm -hmm. you know, maybe Zeke right after Aaron Rodgers there at the end of the <laughs> At the end of the first round, <laughs> uh, you never know. So the draft could be pretty wild. Yeah. Um, speaking of running backs who might bust, though, my first guy that I think is going to bust this year, Todd Gurley. I think that there's just too um, many question marks with him, really. The Rams don't say a whole lot, but they have come out and said that with his arthritic knee, which is not going to get better because arthritis doesn't get better, 
They do plan to limit his touches to preserve him, especially in the early part of the season, I think. Because um, if they do make it to the Super Bowl, I'm sure they're going to want to be able to use him. So at this point, I feel like there's probably going to be weeks where he doesn't play at all. Maybe it's flared up and, you know, they're 6-0 and and they feel like they can make it without him. Yeah. Or they're going to have games where they're ahead by 20 points. They might take him out for the second half. Or even at that, they might alternate series. So he mm. might sit out a whole series in a game. You just It's hard to estimate how much they're actually going to use him. Well, and if his condition is the same as last season, um, you know, he played throughout the regular season. He definitely wore down in the fantasy playoffs. He was not the same guy. And then, obviously, in the postseason, real postseason, uh, he was not the same guy. The Super Bowl, he was non-existent. Right. And you could tell how much that completely changed their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Bill Belichick had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that they only got a field goal in the Super Bowl. Wow. But. Um, yeah, he's currently ranked as the seventh running back, and I would not draft him at that. That's too high. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. So. Uh, for my second bust, I'm going to go with uh, Fournette. Um, Jacksonville. Another is, running back. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville is going to be better this season offensively, I feel, with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the positive of it. Uh, Nick Foles is going to be there. You would think that uh, they won't be able to load up the box. Defenses won't be able to. Um, and there's going to be more lanes for Fournette because of that. Uh, you know, Foles is going to be more of a threat to throw than Blake mm-hmm. Bortles. Uh, you would think last season a lot of teams just crowded the line of scrimmage, betting that, you know, Bortles can't beat them. Right. Um, so Fournette's not going to have as many lanes, but this season he will. However, um, to go along with he's going to get a ton of volume, uh, he struggled with, with injuries and even efficiency Yeah. Um, so far in his career. In 2017... Uh, his his rookie season, he rushed for over a thousand yards, had nine touchdowns, um, but last season he only played eight games. Yeah. And even going back to college, it seems like uh, the the injury bug does bite Fournette pretty frequently. Uh-huh. And when you look at where he's being drafted, um, you know RB twelve in that range, depending on your publication mm-hmm. in, in that in that ten to fifteen range. Some other guys. Right around there, uh, Freeman for the Falcons, on Johnson for the Lions, Damien Williams, Kansas City, somebody I'm uh, certainly high on, Chris Carson. We talked about him on this podcast with the Seahawks, Mark Ingram with Baltimore, even Sony Michelle in New England, David Montgomery, Chicago. All those guys mm-hmm. I would rather have than Fournette. Yeah, I agree. How many seasons has Fournette been in the NFL now? His third two? season, I believe. This is be his third one? Mm-hmm. I think I read that he's missed 14 games in his first two seasons. So that's almost half of the games that he could have played in. Uh, it's certainly in that range. Uh, he played eight last season. Um, so it's probably not a bad pick mm-hmm. if you can get that value, mm-hmm. which is you know um, definitely what, what you're striving to get in fantasy drafts you don't want to draft anyone too early or too late you know too late they're going to be gone Mm -hmm. but where he's being drafted i would not touch him yeah i wouldn't either um my next bust i had a hard time coming up with a a second bust so i went with 
Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben. Big Ben. And one reason is just because I don't like him very much. <laughs> but some facts here. He only has finished in the top 10 of QBs four times in his career. Um, he's playing without Antonio Brown this year, which is huge. And last year, um, Brown accounted for 168 targets, which is a lot, and 25% of Big Ben's pass yards and 15 of his 34 touchdowns. So while I think Pittsburgh does have some other good weapons and Juju Smith and James Conner, I do think he's going to have a regression this year and a regression from already not a top 10. It's super surprising that he's only finished in the top 10 mm -hmm. four times, especially yep. the last few years with all the passing. You know, early in his career, it was definitely a run-first offense. And that that changed, you know, they started to draft Mike Wallace and a lot of those guys, and then it transitioned into Antonio Brown, and mm -hmm. now it's Juju Smith-Schuster. And you would think that Big Ben, just with all the success the Steelers have had, yeah. you would think he would have finished in the top 10 more. Mm -hmm. Um. So, moving on for sleepers. Uh, last week, we highlighted three people that we were, you know, seeking in fantasy draft, not necessarily sleepers. You know, we talked about Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's a guy that's potentially a, a first-rounder, most likely a second-rounder. Um, the sleepers are going to be guys that we're targeting further on in the, in the draft, uh, who we certainly uh, think would be valuable on your team. My first one is Christian Kirk. Uh, he's a wide receiver. For the Cardinals, uh, he led the team in targets from from uh, Kyler Murray in the preseason. Of course, that was only nine oh. targets. Well, that's not high volume, but still, mm -hmm. you know, you would think that they're trying to get a uh, a rapport with those two early on. Um, he's going to earn a ton of targets in Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Um, he could rack up catches at just a crazy rate. Mm -hmm. um, the volume is going to be there. Uh, his first season, he had 43 catches for three TDs, 590 yards. Um, another reason why I think the Cardinals could put up a lot of points is simply because their defense is going to give up a lot of points, and they're going to get the ball back very quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you look at college, where King, Kingsbury's coming from, all those games, the amount of possessions you have, it's just staggering. And, you know, the, the shootouts in the, in the Big 12 where, where Kingsbury was at, at, at Texas Tech, you know, mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of you know, 55 to 51 games like you might see in college, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals did add Crabtree. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Well, and Michael Crabtree is a good receiver, and it could eat into the volume of the other guys, but I would still think Kirk is the one to target. I think so, too. Um, my first sleeper, and call me bias here, but I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. This guy is currently uh, being drafted in the 14th round, which I think is a great value if you can get him that late. If you watched the Cowboys at all last year, you would see that he has big playability and that Dak likes to throw to him. Um, he is a guy that's eager to improve, and the, the coaches have come out and said that he's very coachable. He wants to learn. He's in his second season this year, so he's had more time to develop his relationship with Dak Prescott. And from the preseason, it looks like, you know, that they're making progress there. Um, also, in Dallas this year, Cole Beasley's gone. Alan Hearns is gone after that 
nasty injury last year. I remember watching that. That was oh, terrible. Oh, man. It just made you cringe. It was awful. Yeah. So those guys are gone, which Alan Hearns, I don't remember how many games he actually played. It wasn't very many. Um, but with Cole Beasley gone, that makes a big difference. Um, some stats from last season. He was one of three rookies who had double-digit catches of 20-plus yards last season. So the deep ball oftentimes will go to Michael Gallup, and he only had a 1.5% drop rate, which I think is pretty respectable. For sure. Um, the average depth of the target was 13.2 yards, and he averaged 60 air yards per game last year. Toward the end of the year, he um, got better. In his last seven games, he caught 23 passes for 340 yards. So all of that to say, all the, the success at the end of last season, coupled with the fact that Beasley and Hearns are gone, he's definitely locked in as the number two guy in Dallas, yeah. and I think that makes him a good option for sure. He's a prime candidate for having a breakout year. Yeah, and he was great in college too. Um, and to, to go See from – you guy. Yeah, CSU. CSU. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, Got to get that right. And to go from <laughs> your favorite team, the Cowboys, to my favorite team, the Broncos, my second sleeper is is Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Sanders tore his Achilles last season. And uh, obviously, significant injury. But he's he's back. And all of, of the indications coming out of camp and preseason is that he's he's going to play week one. He's good to go. Um, and the main thing about Sanders to me is that he's a veteran of the group. Everyone else is unproven. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you talk about Cortland Sutton or Deshaun Hamilton, um, there is no one else really on that offense in the tight end group, in the receiver group, and really even in the backfield Yeah, that has played significant time in the NFL. I did read an article, too, that says Joe Flacco tends to feed the more veteran guys more, too. I just hope that Flacco can complete some passes. Like that, <laughs> just one pass. That, that is my only hope, you know. At, uh, where I work, we joke frequently about Flacco. And I really hope that he saw some life in him. It's tough. You know, Case Keenum is gone. Flacco is in. We'll see how much of a difference that makes. Um, and I do believe that some of the younger guys on the Broncos, you know, have potential, mm-hmm. but it's really all young guys. Uh, they signed Theo Riddick to be in the backfield mm-hmm. and he's since gotten injured. Oh, did he? I didn't um, see that. everyone else is unproven. The volume for Sanders is going to be there. And even, uh, prior to his injury last season, 71 catches for 868 yards, six touchdowns. And that was in an offense that really struggled. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think that, um, I mean, depending on your publication, he's, he's ranked anywhere from the 25th receiver to the 40th and maybe even higher. Yeah. Um, he's being forgotten about in a lot of drafts and he's still a number one receiver. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a number one in Denver at this point. I've always liked Emmanuel Sanders, even before he, um, went to Denver, but he, I've drafted him a couple of times in, leagues and he's always done well for me um moving on my last sleeper is might be a stretch might not be dd westbrook uh, the wide receiver for jacksonville he's currently being drafted in the ninth round he is on espn at least he's ranked as the wide receiver 36 
So he's not as deep of a sleeper as Michael Gallup. Um, but he is the number one guy in Jacksonville, at least currently. Marquise Lee still seems to be on the mend. And um, last season, Westbrook finished as the wide receiver 33 in PPR points. He caught 66 passes for 717 yards and five touchdowns, and that was with Blake Bortles. Yeah, a fairly terrible quarterback situation yes. in Jacksonville. So this year he has an upgrade in Nick Foles, who so far seems to have a good connection with. And I think that this guy is going to be a very good option as a wide receiver too, and he has potential to finish in maybe the top 20 or higher. He's, he's very talented, and he's been talked about a lot. Certainly, um, uh, seems like a lot of people were calling for him to break out last season mm-hmm. and it didn't necessarily happen, but if you believe in Nick Foles, yeah. it's, it's time to bet high. I mean, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our, uh, to, I guess, recap our our sleepers and bus. We are high on Christian Kirk and Emmanuel Sanders, Dee Dee Westbrook, mm-hmm. and our, oh, our final, and, uh, our final sleeper, Michael Gallup, okay. CSU. How'd you forget that? I don't, man. Michael Gallup, that guy. <laughs> uh, bus, we're, we're looking at Fournette and Zeke. And Todd Gurley and Ben Roethlisberger. And Big Ben. Big Ben. Uh, moving on to a little fun segment. <laughs> Season predictions. Oh, yeah. Uh, like everyone else in the world, it is truly fun just to look at, all right, I'm, I'm high on these teams. I'm not mm-hmm. so high on these teams. Who's going to make the postseason? Who's not going to make the postseason? Uh, there are some formulators out there that you can hop on online to do this yourself. Uh, you can go through all the weeks of the year and then see who's, who's left, who's left standing at the end. Yeah. Uh, it does the playoff seating for you, all that kind of jazz. And my Super Bowl. <laughs> get, get right to it. The Super Bowl, Chiefs and Eagles Yeah, is, is what I went with. Uh, saying that to you earlier, you said, Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles, of course. Uh, as I don't you know are how not you could put the fan. Eagles in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, you look at the Rams, you look at the Saints, uh, I'm just trying to be different a little bit. Yeah, the Eagles well, are there. I, you're right. I love. Well, of course not. <laughs> uh, you know, the Super Bowl will probably be you know the the Bills and the Redskins. You never know. Uh, but uh, it definitely I, is not going to be the Bills and the Redskins. <laughs> just throwing an example out there. Uh, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But um, I do believe in Carson Wentz. Uh, but the way that my NFC played out, I've got the Eagles as my number one seed, Saints at number two, and then in order from there on out, the Vikings, Rams, Cowboys, and Falcons. I as have my playoff in the NFL, or in the NFC, I have the Rams and the Saints both to finish fourteen and two. Oh wow! And I'm really bad at predicting these games, so I'm just gonna say that. And then I have um, the Cowboys and the Packers and then the Eagles as a wild card and the Seahawks as a wild card. See, and this is where it gets tough, too. Um, I don't have the Bears or the Packers in the postseason, but I have them both finishing 10 and 6. 
Who did you have from that division? Did you say? Uh, uh, the Vikings. The Vikings. Vikings at 11 and 5. You know, I liked Alvin Cook and <laughs> I'm high on the Mike Zimmer defense. Last season, they were predicted to be um, a playoff team after they reached the NFC Championship game the previous year. Just kind of fell apart a little bit. Did they make it? They didn't, didn't they? I don't believe so. <laughs> I have the Vikings finishing at 6 and 10. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I have the Rams at 10 and 6. That's my four seed. And the Vikings, or excuse me, the Cowboys at 11 and 5 as the first wild card. Oh, well, at least you got them back in the postseason. Well, and the thing about that, too, is I made this before the Zeke news, and I do, you know. It does depend. Tony Pollard could be in there. But But the Cowboys' defense is going to be nasty this year. I think so, too. Um, But as the playoffs go on, I have the Falcons upsetting the Vikings. Then moving on to Philly, Matt Ryan outdoors in the postseason, not a good thing. Have the Eagles moving on, hosting the NFC Championship game after the Saints get their revenge on the Rams in the second round. (laughs) And then uh, the Eagles pull it out at home. The crazy Philadelphia fans carry him there. I do have uh, the Saints also getting their revenge on the Rams at some point. And then the Saints in the Super Bowl? Well, not really. Uh, <laughs> I um, The first time I did it, I had the Cowboys in the Super Bowl and winning it, obviously. But then I did it again and tried to intentionally not pick the Cowboys and see who else I would pick, and I had the Saints right. winning against the Chiefs. Chiefs both times, actually, in the Super Bowl. I mean, Bowl. if you want to put the Cowboys in there, just put the Cowboys in there. <laughs> it's all it's all for fun. You know, once this, once the Super Bowl happens, we can uh, revisit these picks, and that is some of the fun of it. You know, even with our sleepers and busts, players we like, um, by the time, you know, week three uh-huh. rolls around, we'll have more hot takes. Like, well, yeah. that sleeper didn't work out. He hasn't caught a pass yet. Something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, the AFC. Mm-hmm. My three seed, the Cleveland Browns. Really? They, they are 11 and 5. I have them hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round of the postseason. Steelers at 10 and 6. What about the Ravens? I've got the Ravens 8 and 8. Wow, okay. I just, That's... I really don't believe on, in the Lamar Jackson experiment. You don't. As much as everyone else. He's going to put up a lot of fantasy points, but I, you saw against a super good defense like the Chargers had last Mm -hmm. season. And maybe it was just the game plan that the Ravens had. Mm -hmm. But in the postseason, I think you saw the limitations of Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. He's going to be better, and he's going to put up a ton of fantasy points with all the rushing yards. I just don't see them as a playoff team. Yeah. So I've got the Browns at 8-8 and and Baltimore at 11-4. and So that's just the opposite of what you have, right? Oh, wow. All right, your, your top six seeds in the AFC? Um, I have New England as one, Kansas City at two, and then Pittsburgh three. And, and Baltimore's a wild card mm-hmm. at 12 and four? At 11 and four, yeah. I got Pittsburgh at 13 and three. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Maybe they have an easy schedule. Dang. Dang. And then my other one is the Chargers as a wild card. I have the Chargers in as well. Um, I have the Chargers as the five seed playing at Houston. Oh, I have the, Houston too. In the first round. 
the Patriots 13 and three, and then the Chiefs as the two seed. Uh, I did have the Colts. I had the Colts winning the division, and then the luck news happened, and I had to do this again. Uh-huh. Um, I, I have, have the Colts four and eleven. Four. It should be four and twelve. It says four Six, and eleven. Well, sixteen games. Well, then it didn't you, count one. You missed it. Says four and eleven. <laughs> Uh, I have them at six and 10. Then I have the Jags and Titans both at eight and eight. And then Houston 10 and six. Uh, you know, I, I have the one in the two seed. I think I in, missed a week because all of mine are only 15 games. I don't think it would make a difference in the outcome though. But you still had the Steelers winning 13 games. Yeah. So maybe I somehow only picked the Steelers. So, so, do, you, <laughs> so do you have the Patriots like 14 and one? Oh my God. Yeah. So somehow I messed it up, but I, it wouldn't make a difference. I tried to find some losses for, you know, for the good teams and some, some wins for the bad teams mm-hmm. because you know, the one in 15, two and 14 stuff just doesn't happen. It's not very likely. Often. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, so my, my worst teams, I have the dolphins three and 13, I have the Bengals three and 13 lions, bills, Washington, and then the Cardinals at four and 12. And you know, I think the Bills are a better team than four and twelve, but just I don't. I got them winning find... one game. It's, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not gonna happen. Come on now. I uh, had such a hard time picking between teams when they when like it was Tennessee versus Buffalo or Miami versus San Francisco. Like, who do you really you don't know yet? Like, once the season starts. I'll be able to redo this and I'll be better at it. <laughs> well, of, of course, once the season starts and some of the games are, you know, spoken for. Uh, I also, you know, if there's a team on the West Coast and playing on the East Coast, mm-hmm. I might toss in a couple losses there just with time differences and that and, and vice versa, mm-hmm. East Coast on West Coast. I overthought it. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes that stuff matters. Sometimes it doesn't. I think I underthought it. You underthought <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, second round of the AFC playoffs. Steelers at New England. I've got the Patriots moving on. Uh, Chargers at Chiefs in the second round, which I think is, you know, would be super fun, an AFC West game in the second round. Um, then I have the Chiefs upsetting the Patriots in the AFC Championship game because, you know, to hell with the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, they have all the talent in the world. And, oh, a, a quick sleeper that we forgot to mention, Demarius Thomas, speaking of the Patriots. Oh, right, right. Seven catches last night uh-huh. in the preseason finale. Two touchdowns, I think. Uh, I couldn't tell you who he was competing against uh, on the defensive side of the ball in his final preseason game. Right. Probably people that maybe won't make the team, but you never know. But Demarius, after getting hurt last season, is healthy. Yeah. And if anybody can, you know, bring him back and mm-hmm. make him – a a big time uh, threat again, it'll mm-hmm. be Tom Brady. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then I've got the Chiefs taking out the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Chiefs is your as my champion. You have the Saints as your champion, right? Yes. Well, and that's yes. that's you know excusing the <laughs> Cowboys bias. Although I actually do think the Cowboys are going to win. Maybe I'll go to Vegas and bet on the Cowboys to win. I bet I'd win a lot of money if they do. Depends on how much you bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it depends on your odds. Um, saying I'm not allowed to pick Dallas, then yes, I pick the Saints to win. But you are allowed. <laughs> this is this is your podcast. That's you could true. do whatever you want. Okay, well then I pick Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, some uh, re- revisionist history here. We're we're gonna go back. You've got the Cowboys. Yes. 
All right. Well, our season predictions. There you have it. Chiefs, Saints, except not the Saints. Actually, the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah. Um, so in closing, uh, our podcast, we're going to try to come out with a new one every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, except for this upcoming week, our draft, which is actually the third. The third, right? The third. Last mm-hmm. week, I wanted to say it was the second because mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I, I don't own a calendar. <laughs> Uh, it is Tuesday the 3rd, and we're going to put up a bonus pod early next week after that. Um, for for questions and comments, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at BTBW Podcast. And we are on SoundCloud, op- Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Yep. I think that's it. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon. See ya.